one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. This is it. The time has come. Saturday night's all right for fighting. Push him down. Get in the ring and go the distance with Fight Night with Gareth A. Davies. You're better than that. On Talk Sport. You're listening to Fight Night here on Talk Sport with me, Gareth A. Davis. It's a terrific show for you this week. Spencer Oliver joins me, and we had a range of guests. First of all, we spoke to Anthony Fowler, who fights Liam Smith, a big Merseyside derby on October the 9th. Here's what Anthony had to tell us. <laughs> Target practice for Anthony Fowler, and in the eighth round, it is all over. Beautiful from Fowler. What a follow-up from the Liverpool fighter. And he's left. Fortea slumped on the canvas. He's done. Well, that is stunning. Wow. Now, if anybody had their doubts about Anthony Fowler and his potential for excitement, that was spectacular and it was explosive. What he's looking for. It's massive, mate. The whole city's buzzing, mate. I can't, I can't go nowhere and I'm getting started by the fight. So, um, exciting times, mate. Are we going to have... You, you're not short of a few words in the build-up to a fight normally. And, and um, I've upset Beefy Smith myself in the past, actually. And he doesn't mind uh, having a pop back at you. Do you think we might get some fireworks in the build-up? You know what? I'm, I think I've matured a bit now. I think I've just turned 30. I've got a young son now. I think I just think, you know what? I'll do me talk on the ring. The, the fighters need to be soulmates, and there's no bad blood on my behalf. Just want to, just a better man will, will win the night. It's just a sport at the end of the day. Yeah, we spoke to Liam Smith actually earlier on in the week on, on Talk Sport, and um, yeah, he, he was like you, Anthony. He was going into the fight supremely confident. He says that you've not competed at that level, and he thinks it's going to be too much for you stepping up. He, he mentioned actually, he said, listen, he's 30 years of age. I don't think he's improving anymore. Um, how, do you, how do you see that? I disagree. I disagree, mate. I think I've shown clear improvement in the last four fights. I think I'm getting better every fight. I think I'm coming to me prime now. I think I have shown me best performances, and I think this night I will do. This will, this will be my best. Do you, do, you, do you feel that this is the right time for Liam Smith? You know, he he lost that last fight in Russia. Although some people felt it was a, a very debatable decision, if I'm totally honest, people felt that he did win that fight. But he lost that fight. Do you think he'd be coming into this thinking this is the last chance for Looney? He has to win this fight. And obviously, you're the younger, fresher of the two. So, do you feel that there'll be pressure on his shoulders? Do you think he'll he'll think there's pressure on his shoulders going into this? Yeah, I'm sure he will. Mate. Like every fight, there's pressure for every fight. Every fight you can lose it could be your last fight. So. You can't take any fight lightly. Like even my last fight, the, the lab was a late replacement, but I still thought I can't take my foot off the gas. Yeah, in boxing, one shot can change a fight. So sure. you've got to have pressure for all fights, mate. Every every fight could be your last fight if it goes wrong. So every fight I go, I go in the ring with the same mindset, like got to win at all costs. And, and what about yourself, though, Anthony? Going into this one, do you feel there's pressure on your shoulders, thinking that you've got to perform here, you need to win this? You know, like you know, you are 30 years of age, and these are the sort of fights you need if you're going to go on to that next level. Sort of fights you need to come through. So, do you feel any pressure on your shoulders at all? Yeah, I do. But like I said, I feel pressure from all my fights. Like you can't, you can't afford any slip ups. And like I'm going to bring to win. Me, I'm going to take part. I'm going to win. Do you feel that? 
This is the fight, Anthony, that you can get up for most of all in your career so far. I know you've had some, you know, kind of friends to enmity fights, but um, this guy's got a real name. It's a real chance to project yourself. Does that light a fire under you in preparation for this? Yeah, I think it's the first fighter I've been to underdog in my whole career. I've always been like the heavy favourite. So this time I'm not the favourite, which is a, it's a nice change. It's a nice thing to be the underdog. It's different for me. You're a very rugged fighter. You can box and fight. You're a box fighter. Um, you've got IQ in the ring. He likes a tear-up, doesn't he? He's a very rugged type of fighter, doesn't take a backward step. Are you going to have to be kind of carefully grooming a chess match out of this fight, but a chess match where you come in and out? That's how I see you winning this fight. Yeah, I do think it's going to take off the fight. I think it's going to be a real hard, brutal fight. I think the, I think the stars are going to gel lovely. For the fans, and it's going to be a very fan-friendly fight, in my opinion. You're saying about gelling lovely for the fans. Now the fight is taking place in both your hometowns of Liverpool. I mean, the atmosphere up there, and it's going to be absolutely electric, isn't it? Now you're going to have to keep your composure in those sort of circumstances, because as we know, you know, when when you do that ring light, ring walk, and the spotlights come on, you know, that crowd is going to go absolutely bananas. Yeah, no, I'm actually really excited to think about it now, mate. Like, this is what I live for, mate. I've, I've worked my whole life to get to this point, and I'm finally where I want to be now. So, I want to. You know, it's gonna be a hard, brutal fight. I'm, I'm gonna do the whole occasion. I love, I love fighting. It's so, 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 so wrong with me, but I genuinely <laughs> love a good hard scrap, mate. That's what, what I live for. So, I'm gonna enjoy. There's nothing wrong with you. You're a fighting man through and through. Um, let me ask you, because we haven't had a chance, about fatherhood. And obviously, lockdown's been an unusual period. Um, tell me how fatherhood... I, fa- I think I can hear offspring in the background. No, I mean, it's mate's fault. Oh, OK, all right. <laughs> I always get that wrong. I always get that wrong. That's, that's his drunk mate. That's his... <laughs> your, your mate's 40th. Who, who's, who you, yeah. who's 40th are you celebrating tonight? Let's give him a um, shout well, out. He's got, his, name, his name's Michael Barry. He's, um, he's a friend of mine. He also yeah. sponsors me as well. So oh, that's I good. Let, I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't let him know that I'm 40th. And where are you tonight? I'm just in his house. He's got like a little few people over there. He's got like a little party in the garden. Are you watching the um, Joshua Boatsy Bolotniks fight as well? Is that on somewhere there? Well, it was on, but I had to leave the room because it was too loud in there. So hopefully Boatsy's winning still. I think he's, yeah, I know, he's boxing very yeah, well behind is. the jab at the moment, just to, to update you. So tell us about fatherhood and how that's changed for you during lockdown. Yeah, I think it's put, it puts life into perspective for me. I think like... Hmm. All my life, I've, I've had nothing in my life apart from boxing. I've always like, I've always travelled away. I've always been never at home. Basically, I've always been travelling around stuff. Where for the first time now, I've got like a little family. I've got my girlfriend. I've got my son. It's a nice feeling for me, and I think it's like put a perspective for me that boxing is not the be all and end all. Like at the end of the day, once one day when I do retire, to be another boxer replacing my, my footsteps. But I need, I need to have a family life after boxing. But it just gave me a different perspective, and I think it's made me a lot more calmer. You, you, you've like, got less intensity about mm. you, like you say that that mm. the intensity levels have dropped, haven't they? Yeah, they are. But I think it's helped me though. I think in the past I've been a bit too going home, a bit too, a bit yeah. too aggressive. Mm. But I've been, I've been. There's not saying what trying too hard to win, and I've always, I've always tried to train too hard. I still train as hard. I still perform really well. Like I thought the weekend, I think I went to the box like two weeks ago. It was. I boxed a lot more control than what I have done. Like I wasn't even at a first, second game most of the fight. Mm. The next day I woke up and I was in the wakes and pains. I, I was just fresh because like I didn't really exert myself. I just boxed in my own comfort zone and I boxed nice and controlled and me, I never had a mark on my face. So I was happy me. I thought, you know what? I just thought I had a kid the week before. I had no sleep for three days and then I, I managed to box. Uh-huh. A decent, yeah. level, decent level fighter and beat him in first gear. So I was, I was half happy when I reflected on it. Yeah, I thought that was a great performance. You showed a lot of maturity, actually, in that performance, and he took your time and just sort of systematically broke a decent, tough opponent down. Having that baby, does that has that given you extra motivation? Um, you know, I know, listen, I know as, as a young fighter myself and having a young a young child, it, it sort of changed my mindset a little bit and, and changed me changed me and settled me and, and, and made me probably a, a better fighter than, you know, I was even already. Has that done the same to you at all? You know, tell us a little bit about that. Like, how, how, does, how does it change you as a person? I don't know. People keep saying this to me. Well, like, I, I don't really think, am I science humanities? But I can't be more motivated than what I am. Like, I literally, everything I do from morning till night, which, which, I, which I have done for, like, for years now, is all around boxing. My life's always 
we've always been around sport. I've never, I've never ever like cheated. Never, never ever cheat day. Never, I've never slapped a session. I'm, I always put it on the presenting. All my coaches will all like back me up on that. And I, said, I don't really think I can say much either. If anything, I always get told to say less. That's all my coaches are saying to me. Are oh, you doing too much? Do a little bit less. So I don't think in, in that sense. But I, I, I obviously want to leave, leave my son a great life. But it ain't all about money. Like I'm, all, I'm not mad on like oh, I give him all the best things. Like my son's gonna have love of me and I mean and his mum. And he's gonna have a great life. He's gonna have growth up properly. That's the most important thing. Rather than buying money, buying him all gifts and stuff. It's about showing him love and affection and. Mature, like a mature, mature life. Well, the talk yeah, sport, up, yeah. yeah. Well, the talk, <laughs> the talk, the the talk sport ring walk tonight to the studio. Um, as he's the former champ, world champion, we asked you to walk to to the studio first, uh, in metaphorical terms. <laughs> um, but we are about to have Liam Smith on next, Anthony. Have you got a message for him? No, like I said, he made no bad blood, mate. It's just a sport. The best man will win the night, mate. That's that's all it is. I love the calmness that is in you. It's an absolute pleasure to have you on tonight. Enjoy the 40th. Don't stay out after 3 a.m., remember. That's the witching hour. You must be home by 3 a.m. Well, fantastically enough, we got his opponent, Liam Smith, straight away afterwards on the show. And here's what Liam, a world title challenger, of course, and a former world champion, had to tell us. Rufus from Liam Smith. It was brutal. They have seen enough, and Smith, Liam Smith, a fantastic all-around performance. He's winded, and he's looking bewilderedly back towards his corner, and he's taken the knee. He's been counted out, counted out in the second round. I'm not overlooking anti-father, no way, shape, or form. I'm bang up for this fight. This fight in my city, top of the bill, against another scouser. I'm bang up for this from the outside looking and you can maybe say why am I taking it also I'm getting asked the same question why has he took it mm. um, for the people who are fancying me very, very you know very big in this fight they're saying why has he took this fight mm. but you know when you when you look at it from some a different point of view it probably does make a little bit of sense so um, but what, you, what you're saying there Alex about the air uh, character <laughs> yeah, yeah it's just alright just call me Alex from now on it's alright he's been called worse Liam don't worry he's by been Liam, a lot worse by Liam as well believe it or not so. <laughs> uh, but you know I just think when you strip the fight back I'm fighting a 30 year old man there's probably two and a half years difference in this fight mm. Um, mm. I'm fighting a 30 year old man who's had 16 fights never really set the world alight uh, people are you know people are looking at it like I'm fighting a young 25-year-old prospect who's absolutely, you know, set the world alight, and I'm a 33-year-old former world champion on the way out. That's no, that that is not not the case, and um, I think October 9th, I'll, I'll prove that. But there's a there's a there's a weird nuance about great matchups that you know we in the fight industry when when. When uh, two names are put together, sometimes you go, oh, yeah. And when mm-hmm. your two names were mentioned and it was made official, I'm sure Spencer did. I went, oh, yeah, oh, this abs- works. Abs- it's going to be a sellout. There's going to be a great atmosphere. And I think it's going to be a really good fight. I do favour you strongly, but do, I think it's going to be a great fight. Do you know what I like about this fight is, is the fact that, you know, it's the local derby and we've got the kid that's coming through. And we know where Liam's at. He's a he's world-class fighter. And Liam... It's all about, really, is Anthony Fowler good enough to step up, I suppose? That's that's the big question, isn't it? Yeah. It, it is, yeah. But, and, and and people are maybe looking at it as if I'm overlooking him, dismissing him. No, I'm not at all. He, he, you know, with it being also a Liverpool derby, I know it's going to be very, very competitive. He's got to bring... He's going to be bang up for it because it is me. Mm, and mm. he's got to bring something, you know, he's never brought before. Anthony Fowler in the 16 fights before and can't win this fight so I think he's got to bring something new and something better than he's brought in his previous fights to, to, to win this fight but you know obviously the, the, the bragging rights take everything into consideration so huge he's isn't it the bragging fight. rights yeah, is so is. huge the Mersey bragging rights it's, so, it's, it's the biggest thing about the fight the belt is for the battle of Mersey isn't it basically do you know what I wanted to ask you Liam was, was this question is there a danger 
And I, I didn't ask Anthony this, actually. Is there a danger of any of you two losing your comp- composure? Because the atmosphere up yeah. there, we know that you're, you, your, guys, you, your guys are the most passionate guys in the country, mm. boxing. Liverpool loves boxing. Is there a danger that you two could lose, you know, any, any of you two could lose your composure going in? No, I, I understand the question and, and, and it's a big possibility, but I think you, you know me, me and my three brothers a long time now. Mm-hmm. How close we are! We've been in these battles before. We've been in big battles. We've been in Mesa derbies. We have Paul Quigley, Paul Dodson, Callum Fielding, and kept our composure on everyone. Come out winners on everyone. And I'll just go revert back to myself. I, I, I've been in big fights before. You know, I've, obviously, you know, I'm not, I'm not kidding anyone. I lost a fight, but I didn't lose my composure in Texas with fifty thousand Mexicans. I'm no, not going to lose sure. composure here against Anthony Farley in front of nine thousand scouts. In, in your in your tenth fight at the Echo Arena, isn't it? No, I, I, I think this is my eleventh. It's your eleventh. Okay, I can't count. Fair <laughs> enough. He's always correcting me, Liam is, <laughs> and he calls me Alex now. So. <laughs> a, lot, a lot of things. A lot of things. I, um, you know, even just the stuff I put out the other day, just about the Echo Arena. Yeah. This is my eleventh fight there. Yeah. I'm ten and old there. I've never lost to a Brit. You know, I've never. I haven't lost on UK soil. And I just think, you know, even when I revert back to Anthony. He has. He lost to a Brit and he lost in the Echo Arena. Mm. So it's your. What you're saying is it's your home stadium, not his. And, and, I'll, and I'll show wow. it to you as well. Yeah. Wow. I like that. Well, me I like that yeah. a lot. Yeah. It's, I, this is going to be a cracker. Well, we don't talk about these sort of fights. Like you said, when fights, certain fights are made, you get these fights and names and names come up and you think, well, yeah, it's a good fight. That. I look forward to that. But when this fight was made and I heard this fight and the announcement and I went, Anthony Fowler, Liam Smith, Liverpool, I was like, wow. Yeah, exactly it was one of those wow saying. moments. It, it, for some reason, the nuance of it works. And it's obviously a massive night for boxing because later on in Vegas, it's going to be uh, Tyson Fury against Deontay Wilder 3. So it's, it's going to build towards a massive weekend. Liam Smith is built for this, isn't he, Liam? <laughs> yeah, obviously, definitely. You know, I'm, 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 I want big nights again, and I think this has just put me right back in. This, you know, this is a huge night for me in 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 Liverpool, but then this puts me back in the picture in, in you know, back mm. in where 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 I wanted to go. Do you feel, Liam, that this is a must-win situation? You know, your career has been a long career. You've you've been you've had a successful career, but do you feel now that a loss here could possibly end your career? Yeah, definitely. Obviously, I, 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 if I think I'm losing twenty Fowler, then I'm not going to where I want to go, and it's a, it's a, it's a long, 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 long road back if there is any road back. Uh, but that was all took into consideration, and you know whether it was Anthony Fowler or whether it was a foreigner from Argentina. You know, if I was to lose again, especially after you know losing my last fight, then it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a very you know uphill battle. So. Um, yeah, what you're saying is is true. It's sure. a it's a long it's a long conversation with myself if I ever lost Randy Fowler. Um, one of the um, fun stories I did in in years ago really is talking to your mother Margaret and getting a picture and in the Telegraph of of the four of you. And for those uh, who box, um, that for those listening who have been under a rock for the last decade and a half, um, <laughs> or in your cars tonight, or you're cooking and you're listening to Fight Night, you don't normally. Liam is one of four boxing brothers, and their mother Margaret absolutely cannot deal with her nerves whenever any of the guys fight. And between you, I think, isn't it something like 150 pro fights between you all or something like that? So she hides away, doesn't she? And Stephen's retired now, I understand? Yes, yes. Paul, the oldest of you, has retired. Mm, Yep. You're still going and Callum's still going. I assume Callum is going to fight on. Yeah, he is, yes. So how is Margaret dealing with half of you boxing and half not she's now? Getting a, she's getting a little bit better, you know. <laughs> I think we only have to look at... Stephen's done a retirement post last week and, yeah. you know, when he announced his retirement on the social media, my mum's comment was... Um, Finally. Two down, two to go, yeah. Two down, two to <laughs> two, go. Two, two, yeah, I saw that. I, yeah. I said you, you can pull interviews, radios or, you know, anything. And her happiest day will be the day the four of us have retired. That'll be her best day. Don't get me wrong, she's proud of the life we live, the maybe the, you know, the manners it sort us, the discipline it sort us, but her happiest day will be when the four four of us are finished with boxing.
Part of that is um, the memory of having to wash, because um, obviously your dad, I think your dad was a, a fitness guy, a bodybuilder, he's a huge yeah. athlete. Uh, I think it was uh, washing five sets of kits twice a day wasn't any fun anyway for, for Margaret, you know. <laughs> of course, but like you say, but also got it. She picks, she's seen the lows over the years. Yeah, absolutely. That's a very good see, point. You know, yeah. she's, seen, she's seen us, you know, even to the amateurs, yeah. locking, mm. locking in bedrooms, trying to, yeah. For two days long, and too too embarrassed to come out the room, and you know stuff like that. She's seen hospitals after pro fights, you know, lying on beds getting stitched up. You know, mm. a lot of a lot of public don't really see the the, the nitty gritty bits what a parents or or a, a coach would see. You know, the, 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 the public go and watch and go out and have a pint afterwards. <laughs> The, the beauty and humanity of your mother was encapsulated for me when I interviewed her, and she told me it was when. Paul Smith, your oldest brother, knocked out a Canadian boxer in the yeah. Commonwealth Games and she walked out of the arena and she was sick in the toilet because she knew so that Canadian boxer's mother was but having fits somewhere. Call. And, and it, yeah. was, it was for mm. his opponent, not for her own... For, for Paul's opponent, not her own son. And that moment showed how, what a beautiful person mm. your mother is for me. Yeah, she, 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 she just thought, like, that poor, the, the poor kid's mum was sitting in Canada waiting for the phone call while... His son is lying, kind of unconscious, in a ring, mm. and we're meant to be celebrating. She just said, "No, that's not for me." Mm. Mm. And I think you know, a lot, a lot of mothers, a lot of mothers will think the same. Cannot wait for that battle of Merseyside when that happens on October the 9th, the same night, of course, that Tyson Fury is set to defend his WBC heavyweight title in Las Vegas against Deontay Wilder, their trilogy fight. Well, next up, we had two Olympic gold medalists joining us on the show. I caught up with the flyweight gold medalist from Tokyo 2020, or should I say 2021. Here's Gal. I've just been crazy. Obviously, I got back and I've had loads of family waiting for me and friends. Um, yeah, it's just been crazy, really. Being crowned Olympic champion, I've done loads of interviews, um, been able to, you know, see a lot of people. Um, I've been mobbed a bit, went to the Blues game today. Um, nice. Mm. Yeah, just a lot of people watched my fight that I didn't really expect. Do you know what I mean? Um, so yeah, it's been nice. What was what was the reception like when you come home? Because I've got to say, before you went out there, like sort of, you know, I wouldn't say you was the favourite to win a gold medal, if I'm totally honest. It was one of those ones that you just seemed to improve as the com competition was going on. And that performance you done in the final, mate, was really punch perfect. It all started from that lovely left-handed through the middle in that first round, dropped your opponent, and you just never let him off the hook. You showed a lot of ability in there and um, yeah it was a great performance what was that reception like when you got off the plane yeah it was great you know what I'm not going to lie I was a bit like um, worried about the whole you know everyone being there and making a big fuss and you know of attention and things like that because I'm not going to lie I don't really like it all but um, I couldn't say to everyone come on go home I just want to quietly go home um, it was nice and it was a bit not embarrassing but I don't like the attention man I, I, I loved it when, when your mates and the mob all picked you up and you had your rucksack on your back still. And oh, I could yeah. see it on your face in the clips where you're going, where's my medal? Is my rucksack going to fall off yeah. here? Am, am I going to land on my back? Am I going to um, kind of be carried but then <laughs> dropped? It, it, and and the, the great thing about you, and you and I have spoken to this both off air and on air in the last week, is you thought you were going to be really emotional um, yeah. But you had ice in your veins when it came down to it. And mm. I know it was surreal, but talk us through that, that you, you, you'd envisage being very emotional, but in fact you weren't when it came to the moment of winning and the medal ceremony. Yeah, literally, like, I always thought, oh, if I'm ever an Olympic champion, um, oh, it's going to be a great moment. I always envisioned it. I always thought, OK, if you win Olymp Olympic gold, when they call your name and that, I'm going to be going crazy and Sobbing through the anthem mm. and, yeah. Yeah, yeah. literally... Literally, I've always envisioned that, and I've seen, you know, top fighters in, in the history that have done the same, and I thought it's going to be me that would. But literally, I won it, and I was just like, oh my God, like, I'm Olympic champion. Like, mm. all my family and my friends are watching this, and, you know, they can see that I'm Olympic champion. Um, yeah, it was just kind of a surreal moment, and going on the podium, I thought, oh my God, I'm still like, you could see me saying, wow, wow. <laughs> yeah. Like, if, if you could lip read me, and yeah, it was just a crazy moment. Do you know what? 
You don't have a typical amateur style, do you? You 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 get you you've got those hands up high. You're you're a big puncher. You like to stalk your opponents down. It's not the typ- aggressive typical counter-puncher. aggressive. Yeah, it's not the, the style that 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 suits the amateur game. Do you get that from your brothers? You you know. Um, Gamal Yafaya was a European champion and Cal Yafaya was world champion. Yeah. Have you yeah. done one, I suppose, have you done a lot of sparring with those guys and has that pro style sort of rubbed off? Because that's what we saw there. It was like watching a young pro in an amateur ring. Yeah, a bit, yeah. I've obviously, I've always watched Khan Gamal for the years coming up and they're pretty known to be, you know, quite compact and, you know, aggressive and, and things like that. But I try and add my own style to it as well and um, I've always got to make sure that I'm fit. Um I think I've got to be fit. I've got to be strong, um, and yeah, I like to not not excite people, but um, it's better when you watch someone having a having a good fight and winning than you know just moving around and you know just nicking it kind of thing. I, I want to you know excite the fans, and we don't really have fans as amateurs, but as a pro now, obviously in the future, hopefully I can you know bring a few more people to watch. Do you know I've got this vision of two of you two of the three of you fighting and the other one filming it on their phone then you switch over and the other two of you fight and they're fil- have you got a lot of that footage or not nah Gareth oh why yes, not nah you know we've literally been in the garden or in our living room me Cal and Gamal fighting Cal be bullying me and Gamal because he's the oldest and uh, yeah. it, I think that just kind of helped me help toughen me up did you? Mm. Have, did it come to the point where you eventually gave him a good slamming when your mum Kay wasn't there? Nah, you know what? I'm getting beat up all the time, but I know now if me and Cal spar now, so it's going to be a bit close, I think. Do you know what? I can relate to what you're saying there, because I've got an older brother as well, and, and, and I used yeah. to have those same problems. My dad used to get in on a Sunday night, call me and my brother down from, from in bed and say to us, like, you go, boy, he's coming, let's get it on. I used to think, Back oh, no. get the gloves on No, now. I yeah. was going to get that. It was a front room job. Like, oh, it was, it was a front our, room, was yeah, it? Yeah. my dad coming after the pub and calling us down. Move the sofas around. Yeah, yeah but yeah. I knew I was going to get a kick in every time, Gareth, and I yeah, think that yeah. I think that... Actually, that that worked in my favour because it toughened me up and, and developed me into the fight that I was. But yeah, I, I can pr- appreciate that. You know, you being the younger of your brothers, I can appreciate the kickings you must have got when you was younger. But <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's put me in good stead now, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah, exactly. mate. They've they, 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 they they done the same for me. Olympic gold. Um, uh, I want to ask about your mum because there's a there's a fantastic story that obviously you're the youngest of the three brothers. You're 28 now, and um, your mum. Kadega, I'm at Kadega. Okay, for sure. Kay, your mum brought you up. You're all of Yemeni extraction, of course, of Yemeni descent. And there's another very famous boxer of Yemeni descent in yes. the UK, Nazim yeah. Hamid. Did you? Yeah. I know. I want to ask how how mum felt about you winning gold. I know your brothers celebrated and were were kind of made up that they almost felt like they won it with you. How did yeah. how did mum feel? And I understand you spoke to Nazim Hamid as well. Yeah, obviously my mom was over the moon. She knew how much I wanted it, uh, how much I love boxing, how much I want to be successful in boxing. And so, being Olympic champion is the pinnacle, and it's the biggest prize you can you can win in amateur boxing. So, yeah, she was over the moon and and so happy. And and about Naz, yeah, I spoke to him after the Olympic final. Um, he gave me a call. Um, so yeah, it was nice to hear from someone who was like a hero to me my brother was growing up so yeah it was nice what did he, what did Naz have to say was he was he full of praise for you did he give you any advice yeah he just said to me so he's dead proud of me um you know an olympic champion is a huge honor and yeah he just said he was proud he, he watched some of it and he just said um yeah hopefully i can have a great pro career and he said i can't see why you can't and yeah just again he's just proud that i'm an olympic champion so so what is the move now you you know you competed the best thing you could ever do as an amateur by winning that Olympic gold medal. It's every fighter's dream. You've done that. You've conquered that. What do we do now? Are we talking about moving into the pro ranks now? Is that the next move? Oh, definitely. I want to be a world champion, man. Like, even before the Olympics, I was dying to go pro. Like, I was devastated with the, the uh, weight. And I thought, oh, gosh, I want to be pro, man. I don't really like amateur boxing. It's not for me, but... Because I got to Olympics, so I, I had to go, um, mm. and I just happened to win gold as well. So it's put me in great stead to hopefully, if I can be a world champion, God willing. Well, listen, mate, you've not got to do a lot of adjusting. We've seen a lot of amateurs that turn professional. Some some great amateurs that turn professional, Olympic gold medalists that turn professional, can't crack it as pros because they can't do that adjustment. They can't adjust their styles and you know to turn into the pro style. But you're already there. It's like your style's already made for the pro ranks. So there's no adjustments. Yeah, hopefully, God willing. I appreciate the kind words, man. I hope, I hope you're right. Um, 
I hope I could just have a, as good professional career that I uh, have as an amateur career and to make everyone proud and yeah, just um, keep the family name going. You inspired me um, when I interviewed you earlier in the week. There's a big piece in the Telegraph with you tomorrow, um, big page with you, Galal. Um, you inspired me by telling me the other day when I spoke to you on the phone, when I was younger, I wanted to be great at something. Yeah. And and I, I, I took up, as you were, in your words, you took up the job in the, in the Jaguar Land Rover factory, in the parts factory, and you were really down in that period six, seven years ago. Tell us about that time and how it transformed for you, because you really are on the way to being great now. Yeah, you know what? I was I was grafting like six years ago, um, just before the real 2016 Olympic Games. Um, just in a, I was there for three years. You know what? Oh, I literally hated it. Like, mm. I just thought, oh, I want to be a boxer. I want to be like a superstar. Because Cal and Gamal had all the limelight, and they were like, you know, Cal was coming up. He was just world champion. Um, Gamal was, you know, on his way. And I thought, you know what? I need to be a limelight. <laughs> They're stealing it all. And yeah, I just wanted to be a superstar in boxing, and I was so far away from all that. Um, Obviously, I went to the 2016 Olympic Games. It didn't work out for me then. Um, I was pretty much a novice. And, yeah, Rob McCracken and, and, and Great Britain uh, performance director said, stay for the next Olympics and, and you'll be you'll be an Olympic medalist for sure. And, yeah, I stuck, I stuck with you. And, yeah, it's, thank God it's worked out for me. Yeah, well, it, sorry, no, sorry, guys. I was going to say go great ahead. advice from Rob McCracken, and, yeah. and I think that proved there uh, in in their performances in those Olympics. And I, I can guarantee one thing as well, mate: you won't be having to go back to any of those sort of job, uh, jobs again because oh. I think you've got a bright future in this sport. I really do. Stylistically, you're going to shoot the pro ranks, and and I believe that you could be one of our next world champions. Oh, I hope so. I hope, I hope you're right, Spencer, man. I really do, man. I, I do my best, and I. Yeah, I just love your. What's going to be brilliant about you, and you and I have spoken about this off air, Galal, is is the, is the crowd pleasing style you want to bring. You know, mm. Um, mm. we had a chat earlier in the week about. I suggested Ben Davison would be a good trainer for you. Um, yeah. Adi Adelipo said it might be Shane McGuigan. Who do you think would be a good trainer for Galal? That's a, that, that's a good point. Um, I'll tell you, I, I, I off the top of my head, I think Tony Sims would be a great trainer for him. I think Tony Sims is is one of those. Guys, that style, stylistically, um, Galau's style would suit Tony. Tony likes those sort of come forward fighters, hands tight, explosive, exciting. That's 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 what Tony likes. Galau, you have said that you want to be out as a pro before the end of the year um, and have your first fight. H has anything changed in the last week um, in terms of making any decisions whatsoever? Um, do you mean is in going pro? Or yeah, in terms of going pro and what and whether you've decided who you're going to train with or what, how the pieces are coming together. One thing I know is I'm definitely going to be fighting for the end of the year. Hopefully, God willing, it goes to plan. Trainer-wise, I'm still, you know, just looking around and you know thinking who, who can suit me. But yeah, like I said, Tony Sims, um, as meant said, is a great trainer. I think he's a great trainer as well, um, and he's and he's a good person as well. I, mm. I really like Tony Sims. Um, He's a great trainer, so yeah, I'll cut all of them and and then yeah, see see what happens. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah, um, well, listen, we've got to say, mate, best of luck in in whatever you choose to do because I think that you've really got a bright future and I think that you're going to go a long way in this pro game. And um, yeah, whoever you choose to go with, I think that yeah, you could be one of our future stars. Nah, thank you. I, I appreciate the calm words, man. I really do. I'll say this as well. Um, I have really been impressed by your humility and I'm really looking forward. I've, I've, I've seen what you've got in the ring, but I'm now I'm looking forward to the swag coming yeah, out. I'm looking, forward to it. I'm looking forward to it as well, man. Yeah. <laughs> One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. 
With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamline my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. The brilliant gal, Yafai there, and we really wish him the best in his professional career. Brilliant that he's kicking it off this year. An amazing, amazing uh, three brothers there uh, from Birmingham who really have made the most of their amazing lives. Well, next of all, next up, I caught up with Lauren Price. Uh, the women's gold medalist in the middleweight division. She got home to Ustrid Munich in Wales and was mobbed by the crowds. Here's what she had to tell us. Well, first of all, I've got to say, Lauren Price, congratulations on winning golds in Tokyo. Has it properly sunk in yet, like a week on? Yeah, do you know what it's starting to, especially obviously I come back to uh, Wales yesterday and I had the most amazing welcome back home. There was about 300 people outside my house, so that was uh, very touching and yeah, it's just a dream come true. You don't often show emotion, but there was a little bit there at the Olympics, wasn't there? Oh yeah, it was. As soon as I, uh, well, as soon as the decision, I got kind of emotional again at the ring, but then as soon as I got onto the podium, left the podium, went straight for an interview. Um, yeah, they got me. Obviously, they mentioned my uh, granddad as well. And um, yeah, I just filled up straight away. But for me, it's been a dream for so long. And obviously, with the year, because um, of COVID, being pushed back a year, none of us really knew if it was going to happen. So I was just grateful for that opportunity that it was going ahead. And basically, for me, it was just in the lockdown and I trying to get myself in the best shape I possibly can um, because obviously we had the qualifiers coming up and I just kind of just had to get on with it. And I think as a, as a programme for GB Boxing, they've done absolutely everything to get us in the best shape. And it just proved that we were the best team there, um, the fittest team there. And we went and we won uh, six medals and they're saying the best team ever. So... So yeah, I'm just over the moon. Did you pick the right sport for yourself out of all the sport you, sports you could have done and probably been very good at, Lauren? <laughs> yeah, I think so. I've tried a few, but um, no, nah, I think I'll stick to boxing. I'm, I'm not too bad at that. <laughs> you seem like a natural fighter. When one sees pictures of you with your granddad, with your late grandfather and your grandmother, they, they seem, very, I'm sure they're very stoic and strong people, but they seem very gentle people, you know? And yeah. Um, there's a fierceness about you that are you aware of it? No, like a lot of people, obviously, I'm a very laid back person, and I think that's why my nan's quite similar as well. We get on really well, we never argue. Um, but yeah, obviously, when when I get into that ring, it's um, a completely different ball game. And I, but for me, a lot of people say, obviously, boxing being a sport and for a lot of people who haven't kind of done it themselves, it's all about keeping that uh, control, aggression, and a lot of it is all to do with like obviously thinking and not getting worked up. And for me, when I get into the ring, it's all about tactics, and I just kind of relax and enjoy myself. I never kind of try and work myself up or think, oh, I want to try and knock my opponent out. Do I want to work them? For me, it's all about uh, how I'm going to win the win the bout and. How can I do that? And it's all about down to obviously um, skill. And for me, one thing I've always taken with me back to my football days, really, it's all about having um, ice, uh, fire in your belly, but obviously having the ice as well, just keeping keeping cool, ice calm, and collective. Ice in your veins, yeah. Yeah. So um, that's something that's always stuck with me. And I kind of just think of that when I go into the ring. Are you going to turn pro? Um, I've had a lot of interest and people speak to me and um, obviously for me 
Paris is only obviously three years away. Um, I'm on great funding with GB. You're progressing, got, you're progressing as a fighter? Yeah, definitely. And for me, three years is obviously nothing. You look at the likes of Nick Adams, Katie Taylor, Clarissa Shields, they've done two cycles. And now you look at Katie Taylor and she's smashing up in the pros. So mm. for me, um, at the minute, my my art and my head obviously set on staying with GB and stuff. But I'm not going to kind of... I'm still... I'm just going to enjoy my time at the minute and see kind of more opportunities and I suppose as you can say like offers and stuff like that appear and kind of just think of it uh, just think about it really I haven't really set anything in stone yet um, but for me I'm just kind of I love what I do week in week out um, yeah so why not kind of do it all again and tick all them boxes again for me obviously I've won everything I have uh, uh, well, that I can as an amateur, Commonwealth, European, World, and now Olympic. For me, I think obviously there's more I could kind of go and maybe win another Olympic gold and, and then go for me. Do you want to be a professional eventually and, um, and be a, a professional world champion? Do you know what? Uh, I'd love, do you know what? Yeah, probably because I'd love to say that I've done it, I've ticked every box. Um, and then, who knows, I might go down the coaching route. I'd always want to be kind of... I love the sport boxing, and I always kind of want to be involved in it. So, for me, boxing's my life. And the pro game just keeps getting bigger and bigger. So, so yeah. So, are you saying you're not absolutely nailed down to want to be a professional world champion, then? It's not, it's not written in the stars. This was the ambition. But So, you, you um, don't necessarily want to be a professional female boxer? No, I wouldn't say I don't want to be. But for me, I think I had my mind and my art set on these Olympics for so long. That's all I've ever thought about. Oh, so, so, so being a professional would be a completely new start and a completely new chapter and almost like beginning again, in a sense. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So you haven't worked out the process of it yet. You need to process it and think about it. Really. Yeah, but for me, like a lot of the um, the girls, Savannah Marshall and stuff like that, she's she's a really good friend of mine, and um, I've boxed her in the amateurs. And for me, I think obviously for myself and a lot of the other girls, Caris, Caroline, mm. when we turn over as a GB boxer, we're a lot higher than starting out as a normal professional from the bottom so I think in that way we're fast tracked as well and um, for me I, I would I'd say yeah definitely I would love to go pro and if that is the main aim in it when you turn pro everyone wants to become a professional world champion so for me that would that would be the the dream and and the goal but it's something that I kind of never really uh, thought of because I've only ever thought of my dream of being to go to an Olympic Games but obviously I've done that now um, even if I stay on for another three years, get another gold, and then and then and then go pro, that that would be the icing on the cake to to win a world title at professional. Brilliant, brilliant to have two gold medalists in a record-breaking GB Olympic team with six medals to show from the games. Historic indeed. Well, finally, we caught up with Joshua Boatsi, uh, who won his fight on Saturday against the Lion of Latvia, Bolotniks, Rickards Bolotniks. A terrific fight in 11th round stoppage for Joshua Boatsi, moves to 15-0. Joshua joined us on the show soon after his victorious performance. Joshua, uh, congratulations on your victory. And a lot of people saying, and Spencer in the studio saying tonight, they fancy you to beat Dimitri Bivol right now. How do you feel about that? <laughs> Um, opinion, you know, opinions and everyone's got one, but it's good, man. It's a great fight, great learning fight. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll see what happens from here, but, you know, I'm thinking about my bed right now, to be fair. But we'll see what happens, man. It was a tough fight, wasn't it? You had to really bite down and you got on your gum shield at times and you dominated mm-hmm. at times. Talk us through the fight in your eyes, Joshua. Um, yeah, like the, the earlier rounds, I was just boxing, boxing, boxing. Um, you can only box for so long. It's going to be a time where you need to stand and, you know, trade and whatnot. But it, it came. Um, I put him down in the sixth round. I thought I could take him out, but credit to him. He was he was tough, man. Um, he recovered quick. Then I was tired and I thought, yep, why, why was I trying to take him out? And the 11th came. Um, 
it was not that I didn't plan it, but I just threw a right hand and he went down. So yeah, I'm I think you hit him with a big. I think you hit him with a nasty sure? uppercut before that as well. Actually. Yeah, he did. But yeah. was you was you surprised, um, Joshua? Was you surprised at the toughness of Blotniks? Because in the sixth round, there we was we was watching it live. We was live on air, and I got carried away. Like as I, I sort of started commentating on the fight, as like you yeah. got as you got up and you was piling on the pressure. And I thought there's no way that Blotniks is going to get through this. Somehow he did. Yeah. But then he come back, and he, you had to ask questions of yourself there because you're right. You put yeah. a lot of energy into that, and it took a couple of rounds before you got yourself back together was you surprised at the toughness of him um not that i was surprised but obviously i haven't sparred him before i haven't boxed him before so i didn't know what to expect but um yeah he bounced back and started to push me again in the second half of the fight but mm. like i say man in sparring we've been there we cover all these things um when i'm away like training is is hard work you know i'm not just going to the states just to do normal work we're pushing hard every day in that gym so um I know I'd been there before, but I just had to show it when the lights were shining. So I'm glad I was able to do it. The headmaster was happy. Uh, Lord yeah, Virgil yeah. Hunter was happy. Afterwards, yeah, he gave yeah, you yeah. a big hug and he had some kind words for you. Yeah, I haven't heard what he said, but as long as he's happy, then it, must, it means I did something right, so I can't complain. Well, I think you showed the, the, the improvements that, you know, working under the watchful eye of, of, of a great legendary trainer like Virgil Hunter, I think that we saw slight improvements there. And I think the longer you're over there with him, Joshua, the more you're going to improve. And that's why I say, like, listen, if that fight with Bivol was made next, we're talking about probably four or five months. If that fight was, hypothetically speaking, this is, if that fight was to be made by then, I think in that time and that that extra time that you've got with Virgil, I think you'd, you'd be more than capable of, I, I personally think, knocking him out. Yeah, okay. That's, Serious? I mean, yeah, no, it's good to hear. And I'm not saying, you know, I wouldn't do that, but um, just kind of focusing on what just happened now. Spencer's a bit yeah. hard to talk ahead and stuff like that, but I'm just grateful I got the win. Jo um, yeah. Yeah, Josh, for me, mate, I thought that was, for me, that was a career-best performance because I think the Blotniks was a guy that was going to ask you all the questions and you come through with them with all flying colours. You know, you had to dig deep, and I liked that. I was watching it, and as the rounds were going on, I thought, hold on a minute, he's got to start digging deep here. After Blotniks come back after that sixth round, I thought, yeah, now, because I've been in those situations, and I go, now I know that... Joshua's going to have to be asking questions of himself and he's going to be going to a place where he's not been before. And I think that you just dealt with it so calmly. You're such a cool customer. And I think that that's what takes you to the top, mate. I thought that was a career-best performance. No, I appreciate that. So thank you, man. Coming from you, you've been there, you've done that before. So it's good to hear that from you. And um, yeah, that I had to walk the walk. So we've mm. done that. But as we know, this is not the end. So there's more to achieve and more to do. Um, can I ask you what you thought about the Olympic teams? You would have been watching it in camp. What you thought about the Olympic team success? Could you spend a long, a lot of time around a lot of these characters? Fraser yeah. Clark, Galal Yafai. Um, were, were you pleased for them? Very happy for them, Gareth. Um, Galal winning that gold. I felt like I had won a gold instead, man. Oh. He's my guy, man. And and then even Chev, the whole team. I know them. Like you said, I've travelled the world with them. I've roomed with them, different parts of the world and everything. So um, they're my guys and girls, man. I'm very proud of them, very happy with them. You've obviously made your debut already in America. You fought at Madison Square Garden. When when you look at the world scene, and we mentioned Arta Beterbiev, um, who's one of the super champions for me of the light heavyweight division, and, and Dimitri Bivol, I think you're number one or number two challenger. I want to know where the after party is, by the way, because I can hear it all going on in the background. Um, give, give us the location. Give us location. We will come. <laughs> the after party is in my bed, man. I've got to go to bed. Oh, yeah. really? You're, you're so exhausted, yeah? Yeah, yeah. But um, no, look, like we said, man, leading up to this, um, it was, it's a good fight. Um, good opponent, world-ranked, like we said, didn't it? So it's good to get the rounds in. Um, 11 rounds deep, I, I'm, you know, I've shown people something, and there's more to it. Like, this ain't even the end, you know, there's more to it. One of the opponents that I picked out for you when I was on another show earlier in the week was someone like a Badu Jack next, who, who might be a great opponent. Absolutely, I agree with that as well. I, well, I, I just think that, I, I think he's ready now, personally. I think Dimitri Bivol would be a perfect opponent for him. After Bivol's performance against Craig Richards, that showed me that you're ready, Josh. You're ready to go, mate. I, th I think you're ready to be let off the leash. <laughs> no, you know, again, thank you so much. You know, the team's got to, you know, kind of say, yo, this is the next move. This is what we're going to do next. And I always move with it. 
I always say that, man. Once we're in accordance, I move with it. Just, just checking in. Is church in the morning or not? Um, probably not. I'll be asleep and that. But I'll oh, Gareth, yeah, give yeah. the guy a break, man. Yeah, he's yeah, just yeah, had a like, hard eleven rounder. He's allowed to lie in. Come on. Yeah, I still yeah, haven't yeah. been. To, he, he, he he is. But I still I still want to have a, a Sunday session at church where We're Joshua Bertsy puts me right, basically. Yeah, but I get his benediction, basically. No, we will one hundred percent go to it, Gareth. I owe you that, man. I told you that like a couple of years ago. Fantastic stuff there from Joshua Boatsy and also fantastic from Spencer Oliver the Omen uh, joining me on the show on Saturday Night Now podcast. Enjoy the podcast. We love doing it for you. Enjoy, enjoy, enjoy. Enjoy the punches, the stories, the narrative of this brilliant fight world. We'll see you next time. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards... Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, tap to pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how tap to pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone.